0: Friends, summer is here, and that means, among other things, it is a new, it will be a new fiscal year for WNET. NET owns and operates WLIWFM, and we thank them very much for that. Help us start, help WNET start the new fiscal year right. Join the Community Matching Gift Challenge that they have. Any gift, any gift that you give will be matched up to $50,000 by Charlotte Ackert, their vice chair of the WNET board. So join that Community Matching Gift Challenge. Make your gift now. Uh, It'll be matched matched dollar for dollar, Um, and it's rare in life that you can take one buck and make two out of it. So let's all do that, all right, and support WLIWFM. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Jam Session. It's your host, John Landis. Uh, Another great night. Uh, An interview with Rabi Amin by our colleague, Fernando Valladares and uh, this is an interesting, interesting interview, an interesting guy, great drummer, um, Latin jazz-influenced drummer, has had a long career. We'll talk more about it later. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, let's listen to Fernando Valladares' interview of Robbie Amin.
1: My name is Fernando Valladares, and I'm so glad to host this beautiful conversation with one of the greatest musicians and one of the most prominent drummers in the history of recorded music. A musician with a very distinguished voice on his own instrument. I'm talking about Robbie Amin. Robbie, welcome to the jam session radio hour, man.
2: Pleasure to be here. Uh, a little bit of hyperbole on your part, but uh, I <laughs> guess I'll take it. <laughs>
1: okay, so let's, let's start with that little Robbie growing up surrounded by, I don't know, maybe music. Maybe, I don't know, was music your environment as a child?
2: Um, not in, not in my household, outside my household. I had to go find it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. Not, none of my family. Nobody's a musician. Been there. <laughs> uh, My, my sister, she played a, a Renaissance instrument for a while called the Viola de Gamba. Mm-hmm. And she was, um, I just have to say it. She was God awful. She was terrible, okay. and uh, and and particularly her time. Her time sucked. Oh and, man! And I remember well. she would practice. that Her teacher said, "You know, maybe you want to get a metronome, right?" So she she went out and got a metronome. And then I I walked by her room one day and I hear her playing. And what she's playing has nothing to do with the metronome. So I said, "Do you realize you're not playing with the metronome?" I said, "Oh, I thought I just had to turn it on and then it would be fine." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. So that that was my musical environment. Oh, okay, there you go. You got to go to the street, man. <laughs> exactly. And 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 why drums? Why not any other instrument? I mean, to be honest, well, I, I wasn't going to play what she played. I'll tell you that much after hearing. No, oh. <laughs> no. But sometimes I think, <laughs> why didn't I choose the
1: flute, man? Yeah, this right, waste right, too much.
2: Right, right. No, I mean, it. it in it, I, I went to this uh, 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 elementary school. It was actually very progressive at the time. I mean, like, it was like, this would be like the mid to late 60s mm-hmm. and we were studying native americans and oh. and they they asked uh we to do, could do a project so i decided to make a drum like a tom-tom so i made out of the rubber inner tube of a tire and i put it over like a you know these cans and buckets like All the right. early bucket drums yeah yeah and uh, and then i had like a, a, a set of chopsticks and that literally and then i had a very hip hip teacher i think mm-hmm. i was in like Bro, I was like in the fourth grade, something like that. That was in Connecticut. Yeah, New Haven. A uh, New, New Haven. Haven. Okay. And he he laid a, a John Coltrane Africa Brass record, and an yeah. early Miles record. And I didn't. I put that on. Man, I was like, wow. I didn't understand it, but I was I was in love with it. And I and I and I and, I, and so that was those two things, um, probably pointed me in 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 the direction. And then you know I I played on those little homemade kid. And then I I I had some cousins that. Uh, uh, they had a one of the kids had a drum set. He was getting married. He wouldn't use him. anymore. they gave me the drum set, no so man, lucky like guy. Those
1: were the days. That no YouTube and no exactly. nothing. You gotta
2: see. You gotta go to the places and see the people. And the and and as a matter of fact, the same cousin of mine. I always remember, man. A few years later, he came and he heard me playing. He said, well, "You know, wow, you know." He said, "I, I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a, become a drummer." And this guy right. told me, bro, probably like nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. He said, "You know, you sound really good, but um, by the time you get out there, it's gonna be all computers." He told me that, oh, like, okay. and it's actually true. But. <laughs> what are you, what are you, yeah, exactly. But yeah, 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 yeah. what, what year are we talking about? It's like 1972. He just like said yeah. it out of the blue. I'm like, man, this kid, But
1: you know, all oh, right. So, th- so 1972, you were still in in New Haven, right? I mean, yeah, yeah.
2: I was, and then and then you know, basically, then I just I found a scene in New Haven. There was a lot of there was a lot of jazz. There was a lot of uh, there were a lot of percussionists. There was a little sort of a salsa scene. And, oh yeah uh, yeah and i got i got you know I, I i i was lucky enough i studied with ed blackwell uh, oh. uh he was uh teaching wow. uh would go to his house he was teaching at wesleyan university they had like a a pretty heavy uh, musicology d- uh d- department even back then and he had, was having uh health issues a kidney pro- so he couldn't go on the road as mm-hmm. much uh, i mean for those that don't know. Ed Blackwell was uh, one of the, the legends. I mean, he. Uh, oh yeah. Ornette Coleman, Eric Dolphy, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Um, he was one of the big names on on jazz. So I so, go to his house and 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 he he gave me lessons and that was really that you know that was that was something was, right yeah that was heavy yeah, yeah that was heavy.
1: So, uh, well, we're talking about 1972 and 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 you started like let's say as a professional taking in in I mean talking about your first professional gig is the one that you get money for the first right, time, right, right? right? So that's, that's every, what everybody says. So which one was it? Was it there or yeah, here New by, you New
2: know, you Yeah, by then, probably when I was, you know, I don't know, like 14, 15, you know, then just doing, you know, okay. it could be like Little wedding and club, day, wedding stuff like okay. that. And then, uh, yeah, you know, um, and that's actually something interesting because that's one of the conversations that we've been having a lot the last year is that I think for all of us, probably the year of the pandemic mm. was the longest period of time i think any of us have have spent since we were like 14 mm-hmm. without playing in front of people and playing together
1: and waiting for something to happen exactly. i mean some exactly. some the the phone ring exactly. or something exactly.
2: yeah it's and, crazy right i mean that, because in my case i mean you're talking about this it's like half a century where <laughs> i mean it's like it's amazing because and it's and it's the two things because it's not just playing for an audience, which I, yeah. is is which is incredibly important. The as thrill a, you know, is, is yeah. But also playing because I've I've actually done a you know I've been doing recording and overdubbing that kind of thing during the pandemic. But the antenna and the the you know the 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 feeling and really this very spirituality also mm. of when you're playing in the moment, reacting to 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 your to your brothers and and, yeah. and sisters and and, and musicians. That's another thing that if, that you have to develop that, and it and it. I, the first live gig I did, I did a, a live stream with a band mm-hmm. from a club, mm-hmm. Shapeshifter uh, Lab, Matt Garrison's club, and we all looked at each other after like two or three songs, and said, man. This feels, it feels weird.
1: It feels weird. You know? Yeah. After a long time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No matter no matter what gig you're playing, so it, it feels like not uncomfortable, but weird. I, I don't know how to express that. I mean
2: totally. But, and the second totally. son that I was like, okay, this is what's it, happening to me, right? Yeah, yeah. It gets better. Ba- it get but it but it, it definitely and and it's the two things because that part at least we had when well, we were playing together in the moment, mm. but then no audience. And and that's another thing I always talk about i tell you know that you know i've been f- blessed to play in in stadiums mm. as have you and mm-hmm. and and playing in a in a small little bar you know but for me if you're playing a bar there are two drunk people and you know back in the day and the the tv set is on in the bar watching like the, the, the football the game boxing or whatever thing. it still means something because you're Absolutely. playing in front of people yes and it's not not the same thing as rehearsing or practicing in your room It's another. It we got even though it sounds crazy, but it actually it takes you and it. it, you're learning. You're learning how to perform. Yeah, whatever the even the worst situation.
1: It's another thing, but it's as important as the other one. Definitely. I mean, as human wise and music wise. So some people don't doesn't you know get the difference. I mean, doesn't get the the idea. This idea we're talking about right right, right right now. So when back in the in that days of, of of youth. When is the time and when was the time that you decided to come here in New
2: York? Um, I moved here, I, I guess, yeah, I, was, I, I went to college. I, I didn't study music, but I was playing mm-hmm. professionally by then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I then I, I was lucky. I, I went to Yale in New Haven. I stayed in New Haven, and then mm-hmm. I, I took extra classes because mm-hmm. I, I originally wouldn't want to go to college. I just want to move to New York and start playing. So
1: you learned by yourself. I mean, you learned the reading and stuff.
2: I mean oh you mean uh, uh, drums uh-huh. I mean, uh, no I mean I studied like I said with Ed Blackwell I studied, I studied when I was okay. actually at Yale there was uh, the the guy the, the, the percussion teacher in the graduate school mm-hmm. I wasn't in the graduate school but he took me was Fred Hinger who is one of the greatest people that ever played timpani and classical percussion in in mm-hmm. history I mean he played Eugene Ormandy all the Beethoven recordings. he was the principal percussionist with the Metropolitan Opera maybe I mean,
1: unknown was, for many or, or in the
2: classical world he's like you know he's like Elvin jo- Elvin Jones buddy rich whatever right. he's it's like Elton Jones. everybody knows him. <laughs> everybody knows his cat right. and, and i studied with him which is actually really and he he said he's he was a frustrated jazz drummer so i mean you know he took me on you know i would be like with the graduate students but they're all classical mm. i mean i studied classical but not at that level you know I would, you know but he was like you know man i like this kid so you know I mean, so that that yeah so it was
1: like a chemistry between you guys yeah 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 oh definitely. that's good that's yeah, good when, when yeah. you have a when you have a teacher that Understands what you're into, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you came here, and what year was that?
0: Probably
2: like 1980, 81, something like that. Okay, uh, oh, first summer I played, uh, I was playing with a, a bebop band on the street. So, we play like, um, we play at like uh, Penn Station at rush hour, I mean, at uh, lunch hour. We play Columbus Circle here in New York at uh, rush but, hour. We play the Broadway crowd at eight. We were out like six, seven hours a day. Oh, know, right, well, the, what,
1: so the city was some some other thing, right?
2: Yeah, there was a lot but, of people out, out. You know, there was a, a big sort of street music oh, scene, and we yeah. were just playing you know standards but, to beam up all day long. But also, the industry
1: was different. I mean, yeah. you recorded. A well, lot. that's what
2: that's what you know. And and really off the street, I I got hooked up with a, a somebody called me. Uh, he heard me on the street and mm-hmm. started calling me for jingles. So it was kind of like a. It was mm-hmm. pretty amazing um but that's what i'm saying man you never know what's gonna happen you never know who's walking down the street that's if, like you if you, know.
1: if you were here like 1980 81 and three years later you were recording with dizzy gillespie
2: right right how was that well that was that's that was <laughs> you know i i always say to people like i had gotten called. i had been working i had done some records for that uh, record label is uh grp uh mm-hmm. like I played with Dave that Valentine. was a label mm-hmm. and uh and the there was uh Dave Grusen and Larry Rosen and they, they they called me one day and they said listen what are you doing today and but you I, knew the guys or I knew them because the, okay. the, I'd worked with them because of Dave Valentin and some oh, recordings yeah. And oh, uh, yeah, at that them. time
1: it, you were you were with Dave yeah
2: I mean. I'd done like I think one record with Dave and I think Dave Grusen had called me for like a film or something like that and then they said hey we're in the studio with Dizzy uh-huh. and uh, drummer's not working out and would you want to come down and I'm like you, it's a joke right you know <laughs> so i said come down you know we, we've been we've been rehearsing and now we're we're tracking out and-, and i was like so i just come down early meet dizzy and so i you know went, it was actually four blocks from my house with 48th street a&r uh Why which is a great a&r, A&R, A&R studio A&R. where a great you know, A&R. sinatra quincy i mean all that you know and uh and so i met dizzy and he you know we we he played some piano i played for a while with and then he played some trumpet obviously I played drum before the cast had gotten there the rest of the band and he said cool so yeah as um, simple as that it was yeah I didn't have time to get nervous When they called me a month before I would have been like man I'm gonna play with it so it was like I didn't you know
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I think uh, the name was new faces right new faces was was Kenny Kenny Kirkland
2: Kenny Kirkland Branford Marcellus and um and Lonnie Plexico on bass
0: You're listening to WLIW 88.3 FM in Southampton, New York, heard on uh, wliw.org/slash radio. So glad you could join us. This is the Jam Session Radio Hour, and we have an interview this evening with Ravi Amin. Yeah,
1: yeah, but that was, I think, I, th- I seem to recall that it was the the only record for GRP that he did. The well, Dizzy did, yeah, yeah. I think it it was, in, that might have been 85. After that, it wasn't, it was in another. Yeah, he was. He was with a thing.
2: lot of label. I know he was with Pablo for a long. He was with, but it was gonna. Yeah, it was. Uh, and so that was, you know, man, that that still to this day is 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 for me. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, just very special. Obviously, yeah.
1: it wasn't like a speed up thing. So the next year you were with Ruben Blades. I think
2: that was yeah. Oh no, the same year, eighty four. Might have been yeah, something like that. Yeah, but all about that same time. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> I, I
1: I I I heard you the, the the story about he called you for one song.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah, he, you know. he called Tell me, me that me. again. <laughs> he was he had started this Say uh, Solar and he had done one record, uh, Bucando Bucano America, America. Um, and uh, it was a small. Group by salsa standards because he didn't have horns and, and he, had, yeah, yeah. he had, but that,
1: that was a concept he was born right. into, right? right. Sit, so, sit, no trombones,
2: right. so let's release all the exact old
1: sound and get into the synthesis vibes. And, well, and actually, vibes. at that time, was, it was vibes and mm-hmm. piano, Ricardo and then, Marrero, right?
2: Exactly, and then, um, you know, uh, timbal bongo and congas. And there was one tune he had written, I believe, uh, uh which was uh, cuentas del alma, which means uh, heart dues. That was kind of more fusion sort of had a, some rock. It was also kind of a little guabonco oh, mixed together. Wasn't it 85 on Escenas? It was on Escenas. And he called. He wanted a drummer for that tune.
1: Oh, but in Buscando America, you, you no, are not there. Because there are no drums. Oh, you started... Right. Oh, right, okay. Right, right, right. Now I got it. Actually, there
2: was drums on one tune. They had a Panamanian cat. He, he did a, a, a reggae tune. He did Desapariciones. Desapariciones. But mm-hmm. it wasn't you. No, that was oh, before... Okay. I, that was actually a cat in Panama did that. But the band itself was just the six guys. Mm-hmm. But then he wanted drums on that one tune, so... Oscar Hernandez uh who had also worked with Dave Valentine mm-hmm. uh
1: and since the 82s something right Yeah. But Tito Marrero was the, the drummer right exactly and, ah. and 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 sometimes Steve Gadd
2: would actually sometimes the record. sometimes Steve yeah, oh, Okay right. I remember listening to that when I was in you know in, uh, <laughs> in in high school but um Oscar called you he called me and he said yeah we got this tune you know and so I went and I did the tune and Ruben started putting me on more tunes while they are continuing the recording. Like so that. that's his story. He said, man, I came, you know, I invited you to play on one tune and you stayed like for the you know, 25, 30 years. <laughs> you kinda of overstayed my welcome. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's kinda of how that happened. You know, okay
1: right. okay so man let me tell you when I my my, my first well we, we met
2: we met we, we met, go to Venezuela uh, all the time and you were with Guaco yeah. which was a band that I was blown away by and <laughs> this was all about the same time because mm. what Ruben was doing then was um hadn't really been done before except in, in Cuba it had been done the idea of having drums in yeah I guess you could I mean you, you know people would argue whether you call it salsa but let's just call it dance music you know, Afro-Cuban music, salsa, whatever, you know. And back, you know, in the 50s, 40s and 50s, and even to the 60s, there were some drums in some of the Cuban bands. Walfredo Reyes. Alfredo, exactly. And, the, and then the whole cabal, mm-hmm. cabaret scene. Mm-hmm. But then, they, you know, basically then the sound was no drums. It was just congas, timbales, bongo. So Ruben was one of the f- first to add drums. Batacumbele in Puerto Rico also. With,
1: yeah, with the first album. Ignacio Berroa was.
2: And Waco. And then I. How do you get Waco. into Guaco music? I, I, I was literally um, with my very good friend Sammy Figueroa because he was always you know yeah. listening to he was hip to like you know Afro, Afro Cuba, Afro Cuba. The band for also Oriente Cuba. Lopez and exactly I remember always, he played that like for Michael Brecker he played for all the musicians everybody was totally yeah. blown away by him. nobody could because you know Cuba was kind of closed both in both directions but Cuba was more known than Venezuela. Exactly. So, surprisingly so enough, you get oh, listen, we, listen, There was a we were watching. It was on, on, on Spanish TV. Uh-huh. Uh I don't know what channel, uh, but Telemundo. I don't even know what it was. And, mm-hmm. and you guys came on, but it was it was uh, uh, wow. it was you know it was double out. yeah. It was well, another yeah, uh, dub. Yeah, yeah. And and it was uh, I forgot what it did too, and It started out like a like a a, a rock shuffle. And then it goes in a straight A uh, salsa yeah, thing,
1: Yeah, like that, like a porcaro shuffle. Exactly. That was Margarita Weissman. And Margarita S, yes, exactly. Oh, that was
2: Archie Pena. That that, oh, that was Archie. That, that was, was Archie, Archie. Yeah. yeah. I was playing keyboard. Key, exactly. And, <laughs> and we saw it, and Sammy said, Man, what is that? <laughs> and we both went to a record store that day. There was the, a, the, the one that was on on Ninth Avenue or 10th Avenue. The what one was on, the name? Uh, I forget. It was like a Latin record distri- distri- distributor. That wasn't on the, on, the, on the. Oh, no. The Subway one. No, this Subway. actually was a distributor. There were some distributors like on 10th oh. Avenue, Ninth Avenue. And okay. we found the record and we both bought a copy. I still have it. I showed it to you. I, thinking, I got the vinyl. Right. So that's when I knew. And then we did at least one tour. Uh-huh. Um, with uh, Ruben Blaze and, and 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 Guaco, and, and we did. a, I know it was a, maybe yeah, more uh, than uh, one. Uh, I know we did at least one. Oh yeah, when I, I was there, I was were there. Right. I,
1: you know, I I was recently switched from electronic drums to to real. Drums. That's a story yeah. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. real drums. Yes, yeah. because it was like a like a golpe de estado for the band because I sold the the electronic drums the rolling controller uh-huh, uh-huh, without saying anything oh, and say, hey, oh come yeah. here i got this money <laughs> yeah, let's buy a <laughs> uh, acoustic drum and right. we bought uh you know the sonar the, yeah. the black sonar that you yeah i do maybe i you, remember yeah, no, yeah okay yeah
2: no we met i mean 91 maybe that was probably yeah because we did it you know it was we went all we were in maracaibo the whole country the
1: whole, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. and then yeah so it was fun because you know now hearing you in the in the Ruben Blades live album, he said, "Man, it's incredible how this sounds. <laughs> I've seen this because it was, it was you and and you at, at that time you were like in a parallel situation and with your tenure with Ruben and Dave Valentin."
2: Yeah, I was playing. I was playing with um, I guess about three, four bands. At the time, I mean the, the steady. Yeah, the bulk of the work was uh, Ruben and and Dave Valentine. I, I was also playing with this uh, Kip Hanrahan, mm-hmm. uh, one of his. Uh, oh, he's
1: got a band. Yeah, he had. Well, he had oh, many, I didn't know many. About it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He I had, know him as a producer. I don't know his. No, of live the band.
2: bands were insane. Uh, we we would go on the road, man. It would be. Well, it wasn't Deep Rumor. Deep Rumor was later. That was after. That was after. Deep Rumor was after. Yeah, after. yeah uh, okay. his band. I mean, because I mean, Dizzy had the United Nations Jazz Orchestra. Mm-hmm. But I think I could make an argument that Kip's band, I mean, I can just tell you there were a lot of different configurations. Tell it, man. Come on. <laughs> but he, he, he always had at, at least two, two trap drummers, three percussionists, and three bass players. On Kip's band? Live. And in the studio. So bass usually...
1: Poor sound engineer.
2: <laughs> Jack Bruce. Wow. Um, Andy Gonzalez. Steve Swallow. That was usually the three three bass bass players. Or Fernando Sanders. Drums, I did it with uh, Ignacio Berroa. Uh And then I did it with J.T. Lewis, Smitty Smith. And then for the longest time, I did it with with my brother, Mm. Horacio Hernandez, Mm -hmm. uh, Negro. Mm -hmm. So those are percussion. Milton Cardona, Richie Flores, Giovanni Hidalgo. Chocolate Armenteros played trumpet. It's not a blank space um, (laughs) for nobody. (laughs) Don Pullen. Down uh, Poland, yeah. played played piano and and some Hammond B three, Leo Nocentelli sometimes. I mean, it was crazy, man. It was like that kind of a cross, you know. And 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 aside from musically, that mm. hang. I mean, imagine that was like yeah. fifteen ca- and from all different imaginable. And that and and to be honest, I mean, I missed some of the tours because I you know my I my first commitment was Ruben, uh, but. Man, those tours were incredible. Because I mean, like I said, that's that's man. Let's talk about a, the, the United Nations. I mean, it's like and not just the United Nations of music and 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 culture and countries and absolutely and yeah. I mean, you know, and you know, there were tours we did. Also, remember like, we do with with like uh, things that just normally wouldn't happen. You mm-hmm. know, like Alan Toussaint mm-hmm. the piano with program. Don Pullen Legend. together. You know, and Don Pullen playing Hammond B three and Alan Toussaint playing piano playing piano. You know, I mean things so, like that, or right like in I the say, world. <laughs> you know, and, and Jack Bruce with with and and then he would pair it into different configurations. Like I remember, like Jack and Don did a duo. Now, you know, I mean, just all these things would happen. And, and you know, to be completely honest, sometimes it would be, it would be beautiful and sometimes it would not be so beautiful. But it, <laughs> it, it, it is a recording of it? exists? Yeah, all the, yeah, yeah. Albums? I mean, we, albums? Well, yeah, we, we, I mean, we made a lot of records. Um, I mean, I don't even, man, I must have done, and with, he he I had he had the band before I joined. I mean, I, I actually joined his band because Ruben Blades was playing Carnegie Hall with Sayah Solard. Mm-hmm. which was kind of a big deal because mm-hmm. it was going to be the first time, you know. And so, mm-hmm. and they asked Ruben, uh this is actually a true story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we got time. No, we got time. Yeah. But they, they they, asked Ruben, who, want, who do you want for your opening act, you know, at, at Carnegie Hall? And this, if Ruben swears this is true, it sounds like a movie he could have been in. <laughs> he used to remember in front of Carnegie Hall at lunch hour, there would be this opera singer you know playing for change in the street like I used to do you know like when I first moved yeah. to New York yeah yeah a yeah. Yeah, guy would sing arias and, and so forth and he told the the management or whoever it is at, at uh, uh, Carnegie Hall he's been seeing this guy for like 20 years he wants him playing at the same spot in the street he wants him to be his opening act at Carnegie Hall he's playing outside Carnegie Hall for years great singer it's, to, to Ruben's mind and I'm sure to any you know yeah, the guy could not be found. He, we would see him all the time for twenty. Couldn't find the guy, so then they said, "Well, we can't find him." <laughs> so then, like, like he knew. I mean, yeah, oh, or, yeah, exactly. Did he oh, run away or what? Yeah. So then he said, "Well, then there's this other man I'm really interested that I've uh, I've been I'm hip to, and I really like what they're doing." It was Kip Hanrahan? And what happened was Ignacio Berroa mm-hmm. was the drummer. Yeah. He couldn't make the sound check. So Kip, I didn't know Kip, he called me up. He said you're going to be playing Carnegie Hall. Can you do our sound check too? So um, I did their sound check, and that was a great band. I know Steve Swallow was playing, Ignacio, Jerry Gonzalez was mm. playing, Andy Gonzalez. Um, I got to get those records, man. Yeah, yeah. And the story is Kip got angry, as he always does, with the, with the performance of the the <laughs> <band. a> bad? <laughs> he fired most of the band, Um probably wasn't the band's fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he called me. So yeah, that's, that's actually that's how there's I, some I, stories about him. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, right, right. So <laughs> that's how I got into that his band. But those were, at that time like yeah, I would say like Eighties, nineties. It was Dave Valentine, Ruben Blades, and 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 Kip. And Kip, as the yeah. main bands I was working. But as with. a producer,
1: he he made a lot of. Well, for me, I mean, the Jack Bruce album, Shadows in the Air. The Jack, the Jack. In, That's the, in, a great uh, album.
2: Astro Piazzolla. He did. He did of those Piesola records. Album. He did. Uh, oh, I gotta yeah. get those. I gotta yeah, get yeah, those. Yeah, they're crazy. yeah, yeah. Crazy. Really nice. You know.
1: So when comes a time, that time, you know, what you were full working with these guys, and what stopped first in your life when you when you started doing maybe kind of solo projects, like the one you did with El Negro. The, right. You know, that, that was a time you were thinking or started thinking about doing your solo stuff. I,
2: I think the first thing was, yeah, I mean, Ruben Blades was getting into acting. He was acting a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot of really big movies. Mm-hmm. And he went back to school. He went to Harvard. He got a, uh, a, a second law degree. Mm-hmm. And then he was also going to go into politics in Panama. Mm-hmm. So all that happened at the same time. He was... He said, "You know, he's not going to be doing it for at least for, he's going to take a long leave of absence." Mm-hmm. So he encouraged Seo Solado to do a uh, instrumental record. Yeah, like a the, Latin jazz the decisiones, record. right? Right. Was it? And and so that was it. But but I wasn't really writing music or anything. I was just in the band, so mm-hmm. we were kind of co leaders. But I wasn't writing. In fact, you did two, two records, right? Two albums. We did two albums, mm-hmm. exactly. Great albums. Yeah, by Alternate way. <laughs> Roots was the second one, and, the, the, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. and so then. Um, I I had I had started a band um, with uh, Horacio Negro Hernandez mm-hmm. and we did three records, and again we were writing, but it I don't consider that we it was also very collaborative. The mm-hmm. guys in the band would bring in tunes, also arrange tunes, um, and then also I had a trio power trio with uh, Ruben Rodriguez on bass and Octavio Cotan a Cuban mm-hmm. guitarist, and on that I think I wrote one song too, but. It wasn't until I did my own record, because I kind of felt like I'm doing a record. I've been on a side, I've been a side man on, I don't know, two or three hundred records, or I don't I don't know. Yeah. It, it, and I said, man, if I want to do my record, I, if I play on, it's my record, but it's other people's music, It's to me, it's still just being another I side man. Yeah. So I decided I'm really going to put my mind to it We're writing. talking about Days in the Life. Days in the Life.
0: Thanks for joining us on WLIW-FM, 88.3 in Southampton, New York. Also heard on WLIW.org slash radio. And a uh, very interesting interview of Rabi Amin by Fernando Valladares.
2: We did this reunion tour, like uh-huh. I said, yeah. and, and it, we were billed with Ruben, and it was a beautiful thing, and Ruben is yeah. a righteous person. and we, we, you know, we
1: all felt like it was our guys back again. Yeah, believe me. Because it, since Ruben when I when I discovered that he did an album in English, right, called Nothing But the Truth Nothing or something like truth. that, right, I said, right. okay, this he's taking a break, right, right, right. and then you guys put out Decisiones, right? Oh, right. nice! Oh, right, imagine right, right. how how it's gonna sound the next time they got together. You didn't. We didn't because they was in
2: Panama, and then no, it started the, abandoned Panama. The story just broke. Exactly. I say hey,
1: and then the live album came out. Then, I think yeah, something or, I think. or Caminando maybe.
2: Yeah, the, I don't know. Oh, no, no, Caminando, one. that's when we met. Yeah, I think the last record we did before he went into there was... Um, Amor y Control. No, there was one. Yes, yes, you're right. That's right. Amor y Control, the, right. the blue one. The, exactly. Yeah, that's a, That's the last. Right. And then he was in... And then, right, then he was in the government. Mm-hmm. And then he, when he came out, he said, I want to do Todos Vuelven, a reunion tour. And yeah, but that was that was like 15 years ago, maybe. But that No, that would have been... Oh, man. 2008. That was two thousand nine.
1: That's when I saw the tour. Yeah, Yeah. you were just releasing. So that was like ten years ago, eleven years, right? Like that, like that. When you guys came and said, "Oh man, this is the real deal," so that's the sound, man. I think he's got a he developed a sound with you guys, and and I think that, I mean, with all respect for the all the other ones that I have played. Yeah, there's, yeah, nothing, yeah. there's nothing to do about it. It's like a, he was, you know, well, now it's going to be like difficult, but like he's a reunion with Willie Colon without Mangual, without right, the right, other right, guys. Right, right, was, right, okay, right, it will right. sound, but it's like the sum of the parts. Yeah. Got to yeah. be the you, you, The
2: home team playing at home, you know, in That's way. It. The it's home like, team played at home. Like that. So
1: when you, okay, so you, you publish, I think that, in my opinion, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite records, not of not 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 one of my favorite records of Robbie Amin, no It's one of my favorite <laughs> records ever and my f- 400 records is at the third world war man oh uh, that, that that's a good. that's an album that I really like that Thank I really you, love that really, was with the really, really. That, the work you do as a producers mostly because i'm not i'm not listen i again i'm listening right. to the sum of the yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. concept
2: that was Kip, right? That was Kip. With you, with, yeah, with the Negro. Ne- and... I mean, that was an opportunity that Kip basically let us run wild. Like he said, just, you know, you guys, we got to block out the time you want. We Both of us moved. I mean, Negro had a, you know, Zildjian had just given him this like <laughs> 80-inch gong. We had different drum sets. We we had timpani. We had, you know, and it was basically, said, call whoever you want, do it. And we were just... We had done some, obviously, some preparation, but not as much as I do for my records now, for example. But a lot of that was in the moment, yeah, just experimenting in the studio. No, but you you run wild, but with right. elegance
1: and concept. It's it was not, like it's rock not and that, ro- that wild, it, right? But it was like Is rock
2: it? and roll the way, like you know, the, I mean, you didn't, we didn't go, we weren't in there for months. And it months, was like, but like the Stones go to a studio, you know, and they're like, okay, we're here for six months, come up with something. I mean, it wasn't like that. It but, wasn't like that. But, but we were, I like, got you. and you know. It could be anything, and, and we had, you know, we called who we want, you know, and and that record really was kind of everything in the kitchen sink. We we played a yambu on timpani, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we had we. La tuned, timba francesa, uh, the, the, we, we, man, I yeah. like that. Come the, on, uh, sympathy for the devil, which Ruben Re- This is two thousand two, right? I I would never. know the date? But I think it, it's yeah. two
1: thousand two because I remember that was almost, well, not almost because it was planned, but I was almost out of Waco. And that record came, and I had a copy, and I had the original for the first time because I was here at your at your right, place, right, and you gave right, it right. to me. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the years was a copy, right, right, right. It was a, a CD right. burn, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, "Man, what, what's up What's going on here?" And I was about to show it like to Morris and all my, you know, Rafael yeah, 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 Greco yeah, yeah, and all yeah, the guys, yeah. and say, "What is this?" And then I was out of the band, so.
2: <laughs> right, right. right, right. I, I, I
1: enjoyed it by myself. Yeah, and you had, a, you had a, you had a, you have a kind of a story with, with this uh, uh, September 11th. Well, with that, that yeah, album?
2: Um, the Ruben Blades was was we got he was going to sing on "Sympathy for the Devil" mm-hmm. and uh, it did. did an arrangement. Yeah, exactly. But but the day that we were going to record the the the, the track mm-hmm. uh, without Ruben Ruben was going to believe. i going to know he wasn't going to sing. A yeah, line. the basic track. You yeah, were about to Ruf right. yeah, Perdomo playing on there. Luis Perdomo, Richie Flores, um, mm. was September 11th. And Negro, because we recorded the record in a few different phases. So we had, I remember we had like a week lockout with all our stuff and then probably took a few months off and then we were going to go do that tune. Mm-hmm. And and Negro was living in New Jersey and the uh, <laughs> guy that uh, carted his drums got stuck in the Lincoln Tunnel yeah, right then. So we were going to record Sympathy for the Devil, mm-hmm. you know, at a studio right uh, one block off of Canal Street, which would about less than ten blocks from the World Trade Center, so obviously that was not happening that day. No, uh, and so but that's yeah that and was it, actually and, that I, was and that's the, the basis of the name of the record. That would that, the, right 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 at oh, the third world man. war you know, yeah. Um, but yeah uh, that was a very special record. I mean in in many ways yeah and and um, the result is. Flawless, man. I mean, I don't know how to, how to describe it for me, right? I'm, I'm talking. No, a, I mean, I, 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 really, I appreciate that. I mean, it, it, it yeah. it's, it's got a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a very dense record, and and it shows a lot of different. Absolutely. You know, and also the idea of see, one of the things that I could talk a little bit about is the fact that um, at one point I was playing in maybe three bands mm-hmm. with Negro. Double drums. All Negro related, right? Deep Roomba was another one. Deep Roomba, we were playing double drums. Our band, double drums. Mm -hmm. We also played with Jack Bruce, double drums. Because people always say, what's the idea of two drums? Because, I mean, you know, you had the Allman Brothers, (laughs) Grateful Dead. Genesis, you you have to ask everybody. James Brown. James Brown. But part of the thing, and one of the things that we did on those records, and including the the ones with Jack Mm -hmm. Bruce, Mm -hmm. we didn't talk a lot about what we were going to do dividing it came very uh organically in, intuitively and i think that has to do with playing a lot of afro-cuban latin music because you're used to playing with percussionists especially in the salsa sing- you're, you're, like you i mean with guaco not only did you have what you, or with you right now at this very moment exactly you had the gaita right exactly, exactly. uh, drum. i mean how many how many sometimes there'd be like six or seven guys playing uh-huh. just percussion oh yeah and of course we know in latin music you know the pianist and the bass player they're also drummers, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, basically they know, are right? and and so so it it came it was kind of effortless, but we wouldn't really talk about are oh, you do this here, I'll do this there I you no know. planning, no brain on it, yeah, it was kind of we because you know we knew each other pretty we we we'd, we'd met the first time I went to Cuba was in nineteen eighty five mm-hmm. um I went with Dave Valentin. That's where Dizzy was going a lot because that was the Havana the Jazz Festival, which is still mm-hmm. still going on today.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, that was the year that Gonzalo Rubalcaba. That was the the year that he started his band with Negro within the band Bicaino. Yeah. Bicaino,
1: I and, saw him with Vizcaino and, and,
2: and uh, F- Felipe Cabrera Felipe in the Cabrera. bass. Mm-hmm. And, and Negro and I met, and we just like we like hit it off like long lost friends. So that's how we we made our connection back in 1985. So we. Oh, that, that's yeah. oh, that's when when you guys met exactly, and then we stayed in touch over the year. Then when Negro came to New York, I helped, actually helped bring him to New York when mm-hmm. he, he was living in Italy, and so it was kind of our ma- mission was to play together. So so it kind of makes sense, you know, long to,
1: lost brother something it, like that. Ex-
2: and to a lot of people, it's like they have two drums, two drums. you know. And I got to add another thing two drummers with Richie Flores and Richie
0: Flores plays <laughs> like two drummers oh yeah maybe three maybe three exactly
2: maybe three yeah it's
0: yeah. pledge Man. time at WLIWFM it is the beginning of their fiscal year it's summertime and their fiscal year changes in the summer so please help support us as we support your community you and your community have each of your dollars matched during our $50,000 community matching gift challenge number to call is 800-262-0717 or you can do it online at WLIW.org slash radio. Thanks so much, friends. Thanks for supporting WLIW-FM. So we've been enjoying this interview uh, by Fernando Valladares of, uh, of uh, Ravi Amin uh, and interesting stories and anecdotes, and particularly interesting because this guy has played with everybody from you know, Dizzy Gillespie to, through to Paul Simon by way of Reuben Blades, played with Reuben for years. Um, and uh, it's been on has played on something like 200 albums his most recent album of his own is called um, days in the night I think it is um, so if you have a chance please immerse yourself in his music we've provided some for you on this uh, jam session radio hour and uh, we want to thank various people who have helped us with this each week we want to thank Of course, Clay S. our music director. We want to thank WLIW for carrying this. We want to thank Fernando Valladares for conducting a great interview and Rafael Alvarez for doing his typical outstanding job using his expertise in uh, recording and post-production. And we want to thank all of you in particular for continuing to be uh, interested in the jam session radio hour something that we need to mention for you uh, that we want to mention is the Hamptons Jazz Fest which we are working hard on putting together and that's going to be the summer in uh, July August and September Uh, and we're going to be at venues all over the East End we're collecting those venues now and we're bringing you some really really good jazz Um, people like Ravi Coltrane and Pequita de Rivera and Randy Brecker like Bill O'Connell uh, Donald Harrison, Trio De Paz, Bikita Tukumalo, Bikita Tukumalo, who's a uh, uh, bass player for Paul Simon, Yacouba Sissoko, cora player, Diego Urcola, great trumpet player. Uh, you're not going to want to miss these. They're going to be so good, and they're largely going to be free. Um, and uh, so we'll continue to report on what's coming up, exactly when, get you that information shortly. But in the meantime, stay healthy, stay happy, take care of each other, And uh, for the Jam Session Radio Hour, we'll see you next time.